Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. We have another great show planned for you. We've begun a new series on attachment styles and parenting. Uh, we're helping parents learn a little bit more about who they are and where they came from and so uh, they can get a better idea of how it is to have a healthier relationship with their partner and be a better parent. So we started that last week with an overview. We're going to continue with that overview and talk about secure attachment tonight. And if you would like to have input in tonight's program and you haven't already written in, we would love to hear from you. You can text us at 325-428-6145 if you have any questions or input. That's 325-428-6145. And if you're listening tonight and you would like to interact with our Facebook page, just go to At Home with Debbie Rule Facebook. We are happy to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be back with a lot of great information on attachment styles. Tonight we'll be talking about secure attachment. So stay with us. we got a lot coming up after this message for you. Everybody wants to be in love, have great kids, and the perfect home. But nobody wants to talk about how to get there. At Home with Debbie Rule is a safe place to get advice on how to fight fair or call 911. In-laws or outlaws? Who the heck are these kids and what do I do with them? Let's face it, modern family isn't all fairy tales. Because there are a few places that really explore the reality of relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, At Home with Debbie Rule is a place where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and testimonies. I'm Debbie Rule. Join me every Sunday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule, a talk show about home, family, and relationships. At Home with Debbie Rule, right here on 95.3 FM and knelradio.com. Follow us at Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. at Home with Debbie Rule. The Haven Family Shelter is a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter that serves men, women, and children who are victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Mason, Menard, McCullough, Kimball, Concho, and surrounding counties. The Haven is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault. The Haven provides services such as 24-hour crisis intervention and hotline, 24-hour accompaniment for medical, law enforcement, or criminal justice. They provide legal advocacy, individual counseling, and The Haven is active in public education, prevention, and community awareness. Support your local domestic violence and sexual assault programs. Speak up about the abuse. Educate yourself and others. Help a friend in need and set an example. For more information on how you can help, call The Haven at 325-597-7644. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault.
Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we are talking about attachment styles tonight. We're continuing a series that we started last week where we uh, did an overview for you. We talked about secure attachment styles and the three insecure attachment styles. We're going to take each one of those week by week and discuss them more in detail and uh, help you find out a little bit more about yourself and find better ways for parenting and to improve your relationship with your partner. I don't know any one out there that's got it all together. Uh, I'm still learning as a um, adult how to have healthy functional relationships and I hope I continue to learn uh, until I'm no longer here on this earth because you know there's always things that we can learn. No one has the perfect life or the perfect relationships. They're not the perfect parent or the perfect spouse and so once we realize that and that there are always things that we can improve to become better in our relationships the better off we'll be and so I am all about learning and improving and uh, doing uh, a lot of work on personal development and becoming the very best that I can be. And I hope that you have the same attitudes, too, because, you know, uh, the people that are around us, they deserve for us to be the very best that we can be. Not only them, but we we deserve it for us to be the very best that we can be because, you know, we reap the blessing of having a wonderful relationship with our family when we do that and with our friends and with our coworkers and you know, you can't get away with relationships. Everywhere you go, you're in relationship with somebody. Is that right, Mr. Rule? You can't get away from relationships. Cannot get away from relationships. That's correct. Yep, that's right. And joining me tonight is my wonderful husband, Rudy Rule. How are you tonight, Rudy? Well, I'm doing great, Miss Debbie. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I love learning and uh, researching and just becoming better and better and better. I hope that I'm becoming better and better. Uh, I know that we've done a lot of changing over the years, and some of that has been uh, like pulling teeth uh, on both parts because, you know, it's hard to change. You don't want to change, and you know something has to because you feel misery, but it's hard to take a step and make that change. It's hard to decide that you know what, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I think that there's a better way. I've tried my way, and I've heard you say this many a times. I've tried it my way, and it didn't work, so maybe this is a better way. And I, I, I can relate to that. Well, stubbornness is an attractive trait, and it's a valuable trait, but it has to be measured and balanced. Mm-hmm. So stick to is uh, a balanced approach. But being stubborn and hard-headed and uh, not getting wiser is mm-hmm. not a good approach. So, uh, yeah, we've changed a lot. Well, you know. Uh, we've survived it. We have. With all the battle scars and everything. We've still probably got some more removed, more to Oh, no, uh, don't learn. speak that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, I'm learning a lot more, and I know you are too. But, well, not uh, from experience. We're learning from books now. Yes, that's good. Um, but we're both open-minded, and we want a better way, a better life. We want happiness. Yeah. We want joy. And that's all we're talking about is how to have a joyful mm-hmm. life, a happy relationship. Yes, 
and functional family. You know, there's nothing more stressful in life than having uh, dysfunction in your home. Oh, boy. Uh, when you're Can't stressed out and there's chaos and there are things going on that you're just, you're thinking, how is this ever going to get fixed? And, you know, I'm miserable, and so maybe I should just get out while I can. You know, well, you take that misery with you to the next relationship, and it doesn't improve until you improve. And so, uh, you know, sometimes those situations are inevitable, and, you know, they do end. Uh, but I hope that uh, by... Um, relationships that end that we learn when we get back into new relationships that we don't take those same bad habits into it that we look at things differently because we're going to have the same problems just with a different person and that's what a lot of people don't realize they think it's the person they're with and it's really hard to look in the mirror and say no you know I'm really a big part of that problem. Well, sometimes new relationships are just the beginning of an old pattern. Yes. And, you know, it's like that old saying, if everybody's got a problem with Bob, maybe Bob's the problem. (laughs) But Bob doesn't see it that way. Well, Bob needs to see it. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, last week we started a series. Uh, It's intended to be a parenting series, but it's going to be a lot more than that. Those of you that tuned in last week, I hope you got a little bit of information um, about some things that you can do to better yourself. I don't want to just single out parenting because there are people out there that don't have children or have already raised their children and they feel like, you know, that they can't benefit from it. But I want to encourage you to keep listening because you can benefit whether you have children or not. This is about looking within and being the best person that you can be, becoming a secure person in your life so that you can have functional relationships around you, which includes being a good partner and being a good parent. And it's very hard, uh, you know, just talking about parenting. We parent the way we were parented. And it, it, these cycles just keep continuing themselves until we decide that we're not going to live in that chaos anymore that uh, as it says doing the same thing over and over and over again is the definition of insanity insanity that's right and you know some of you are living in insanity and you need a sane life i mean i've been there i know exactly what you're talking about and how you're feeling and um, there is a way out and the way out is looking inside and saying i need to change a few things and stop blaming other people for my problems. Well, you bring up some very good points. And one thing I would like to encourage our listeners to think about, attachment um, theory begins in infancy. And all the adults that are listening to us right now have been an infant at one Mm -hmm. point in their life. Mm -hmm. And so you can listen to the information we're going to give tonight and determine whether you had a positive attachment as a infant or not and Uh you might have wondered in the past why am i the way i am right why do i react the way i react why why does this why does that this may give you some insight into Mm -hmm. how by nurture not by nature but by nurture the way you were raised as an infant uh, understand why you react to things the way you do when you'd really like to react in a different way. That's right. You know, the old saying of well, when you lose losing your temper count to 10, that's a good axiom for moving forward through life. Instead of just reacting, stop, consider it, think about how you want to react, 
and then react that way. Mm-hmm. Old and habits are hard to break, though. From it's someone who has a had a quick temper, um, a temper can get you in trouble, mm-hmm. and it can cause problems that you regret. Yeah. And one thing about regrets, they last a long, long time. Yes. Yes, they do. Learning how to relate with others, how to be a, I don't know, uh, uh, a better person in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You'll be happy about that. It'll bring joy into your life. So Mm -hmm. think about it that way tonight as you listen to some of the information we share. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about a secure attachment. And, you know, there are very few people that really had a secure attachment. Uh, There are several, um, you know, you were talking about this starts when we're infants. Well, you know, our parents that raised us, they were infants at one time, too. Mm -hmm. And their attachment... Uh, Why was they, mom the way she was? Yeah, that's Why right. Why was dad the way he was? And so, you know, you can go right direct, directly back to your grandparents or your great-grandparents sure. and on and on because uh, a, a lot of times people don't change. We say that they evolve, but those problems and those issues still there. The, the, evolve, the evolving is with the culture, with society, but the way that they act is the way that they were conditioned as, as a child. Well, one of the things we had to deal with was my attitude was, I'm fine just the way I am. And a lot of people feel that way. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with me. You're the one with the problem. Yes. Well, you know, if you're a caustic person and you rub everybody the wrong way, maybe you could change your approach and you wouldn't rub people the wrong way anymore. Mm-hmm. So being, you know, who was it that said an unexamined life uh, isn't worth living? Uh, you should examine your life and see if you can become a better person. Mm-hmm. And be sensitive. You know, some of these characteristics that we talk about, they may not be uh, in your nature. They may not be in that you may be you weren't born with that type of temperament to be sensitive or to be empathetic or to be sympathetic or to uh, be generous, kind, you know, considerate. Uh, Maybe you never grew out of being a selfish person. You know, those are things that um, sometimes are just in our nature and we have to work on those things. You know, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And I always like to share this uh, when I'm teaching and that is, you know, you're born with a temperament. And I always give this example because uh, when you're a, when an infant is born, you can tell what kind of temperament they have. They don't have to tell you. You don't have to, you know, go look it up in a book. You just watch and listen. It, it, how many times have people said, you know, that baby is such a good baby. That baby never cries. They seem to always be satisfied and content. Well, part of that could be. Um, from their um, nurture as well, but the majority of that comes from their temperament that they're born with. They are going to be an easygoing child. Their personality is that they are easy and content. And um, then you have children that cry all the time and they're very needy and and you know that's part of their temperament they just have a different personality but then when nurture comes in and the environment comes in and conditioning comes in by parents and or whoever their primary caregiver is I would say parents but you know sometimes there are other people other than parents that raise children and when that comes into play then the temperament begins to take on a personality 
And so that's where you get the personality from. So I think that um, we have to go back to those formative years. And I like to say, you know, from infancy to four, but really attachment is so significant just in the first two years. By 18 it's, months. Yeah. yeah, it's it's happening by then. So well, before you move, uh, move on from that, what you were describing, uh, the environment around a child can affect their uh, nature that they're born with. Yes. And so if you're an adult now and you wonder why you have these conflicting feelings. Yes. Well, maybe you were born with a nature, but your environment caused you to cope with that mm-hmm. environment. And mm-hmm. perhaps it was in a negative way and you have conflict going on inside in how you feel. Mm-hmm. And it, you think, man, I'm going crazy. Yeah. And you're not going crazy. You're dealing with conflict and mm-hmm. you haven't been uh, shown how to deal with that in a yeah. positive way. Yeah. It's a lot of times after people have done self-work and self-evaluation that they really find their true temperament and who they really are. Um, because we change so much by the way uh the environment that we've lived in and the way we've been conditioned by our parents. And so uh, temperaments do change. And you, this is where a lot of people have a lot of stress and anxiety, depression, different things that come in um, because they're just unsettled inside, what you're talking about, Rudy. They're just unsettled inside and they, uh, they, they were created a certain way, but, you know, these other things have affected and so now this is causing anguish or these are causing other issues in their life and so I don't want to get into all the details of the different attachments uh, tonight because we're going to take those one by one but tonight we're going to start with just having a secure attachment we'll go ahead and go over the three uh, insecure attachments again just briefly because we're going to take those separately but I want everyone to understand what a secure attachment looks like and the fact that there are only a few people that are really born with a secure attachment um, which means nobody's life has been perfect you know um, and uh, but but we all have things that we have to deal with so you know a secure attachment um, is someone that has developed a, um, they're warm, they're easy to connect to, uh, they're social, they have a uh, healthy self-esteem, and um, they're able to have functional relationships. Now, that doesn't mean that they're perfect, okay? What it means is the way that they have intimacy in a relationship is healthy because they had a secure, healthy relationship when they were an infant. Were you going to say something? Uh, well, I'm, my mind was just uh, kind of going in a different direction, so I didn't want to interrupt you. Mm. Uh, but since I've got the microphone, let me go ahead and say this. Uh, if you've got a, a an infant or if you've been around an infant and you see that uh, infant, you know, from six months to two years old, interacting, maybe you know, family is over, the infant's in the floor playing, and everybody's going ooh and ah over the baby. And then something happens. There's a loud noise, or somebody else walks into the room, or maybe somebody wants to play with them. Uh, that child may look to someone to see how they should react. Mm-hmm. And I've seen uh, toddlers fall down, and they'll look to the person that they've had 
an attachment with, the mom, for mm-hmm. instance, to see, you know. Are you going to pick me up? What just happened. <laughs> and if mama goes, oopsie, and smiles, the baby smiles and laughs. Mm-hmm. But if mama runs over there and says, oh, baby, are you hurt? The baby starts crying. Uh, so that you can see who that baby is attached to by who they look to when mm-hmm. something changes mm-hmm. in their environment. And when there's neglect uh, in a relation in a in a uh, parent-child relationship, then that child has no one to look to. That's right. Because they learn to and not and they learn trust. to cope with that too. <clears throat> That's right. Because they have no one to trust. Um, but you know, there, I'm going to talk about five conditions that are necessary for raising a child with secure attachment. And again, secure attachment is. Um, when you are able to have an intimate relationship with someone, either a partner or your children, uh, your friends, um, this means beyond a superficial relationship. And intimacy You're, is emotional closeness. That's right. A lot of people think it's physical. We're not talking physical. We're t- True yes. intimacy is emotional closeness. Yes. And a secure person is able to um, express their feelings. They're able to build a deep, meaningful, long-lasting relationship. A lot of people that have insecure attachments are unable to have long-term relationships. And they wonder why they keep going from relationship to relationship to relationship relationship. Sometimes we need to look back. What type of attachment did you have as a child? Was it negative? If it was negative, we need to look at those things and see did if we can fix them. Did your attachments come and go? Yes. A lot of people get in a new relationship and they immediately start thinking, I wonder how long this one's going to last. Mm-hmm. So they're already predicting that it's going to fail. That's right. So a secure attachment, again, is someone that is, um, they're, they're self-content, they're contented, their contentment is not based on someone else. Right. They find contentment within their self. They're, they're secure, they're social, they're warm, they're easy to connect to, they can connect with other people easily, and they express their feelings well. They tend to have meaningful, deep relationships that last long term. That's not scary for them. You know, they're not the people that are scared to commit. They're they're willing to commit wholeheartedly and they put everything into it because they feel good about themselves. And who wouldn't want to raise a child that way? I mean, we all want our children to be secure. We want our children to have healthy relationships. So, you know, five conditions that's necessary for raising a, a child in a secure attachment. Number one is, what do you think it is, Mr. Rule? I don't know. What is it? Number one is child feels safe. A child must feel safe. First and foremost, as a parent, you want your child to feel protected. If your child feels protected, it feels safe. And that's where we talked about neglect. We talked about, you know, just leaving children to uh, fend for themselves. It, You know, we've uh, watched a lot of different um, programs, and there's been some research done on babies that are left, you know, in a room, and uh, they'll just meet their Um, basic needs for food, Uh, so feeding, diaper changing, and that's it. But no touching, no comforting, uh, no affection, nothing like this. So when the baby cries, they don't expect anything except for those basic needs. Some of them don't even expect that to be made. But other children that are raised where a parent is attentive, then they learn that when they do have a need, that that child is, they know they're going to be, it's going to be met, that that parent's going to meet it because they have experienced that already. 
And that's just going to be put deep into their subconscious as they mature. And that's where we have to look when we get a little older is we have now created this problem when we are babies and we have to look deep, deep, deep within uh, to find some of those answers. And sometimes it's not real easy, but... So I want to make sure people understand what we mean by attachment. There's been different words used over the years. The positive attachment is a bonding of an infant with an adult who is sensitive and responsive in social Mm -hmm. interactions with that child. Mm -hmm. So that's who they look to for protection, for safety, Mm -hmm. for encouragement, Mm -hmm. to learn how to react to understand what's going on am i safe or in we are we in danger that's that's the bonding that's the attachment mm-hmm. theory and so um the number one need for a child uh, to have a secure attachment is for the child to feel safe for an infant and toddler safety means closeness usually to the mother because the mother represents a source of Most food, often warmth, that's and the protection. Situation, yes, yeah. but there are fathers, there oh, are yeah. other caregivers that provide those needs as well. But the primary caregiver, uh, they look to that source for food, for warmth and protection. But I do want to say there has been research that has proven um, that children that are void of that mother mm-hmm. relationship uh, there are issues that um, occur from that. So, but that doesn't mean that if you didn't have a mother figure, if you you know were raised by someone else, uh, that you are doomed for life and that you're not going to be successful in your relationships. But but there is something about that mother, the the nurturing and the a baby knows their mom. I mean, a baby knows come where they have come from, and so. Well, and there's dynamics that occur. Uh, Young mothers that put their children in daycare may find that that child has an attachment to a daycare worker Mm -hmm. because they spend eight hours a day with that daycare worker, and that's who nurtures them and holds them and cuddles them and Mm -hmm. feeds them and but it will not take the place. No, it doesn't the take mother. the place. But some yeah. young mothers may be wondering, what is going on here? Well, that's what's going on. Yeah, and that's really not the attachment that we're talking about. Right. That's just a um, a security. That's just a security okay. attachment, I think. And what we're talking about is a fundamental attachment that develops who you are, which is a little bit deeper within who you are. So for an infant and a toddler, safety means closeness to the mother as she's a source of food, warmth, and protection, and danger means separation from her beyond their comfort zone. Uh, the attuned mother is fiercely protective, but not overwhelming. She's uh, uh, intrusive or ignoring. She gives her child space and freedom to explore the world, but she stays close enough so that that child has felt a sense of safety. So this is not the what we call the helicopter mom or the hovering parent. Uh, this is the one that stays close enough to protect, and if danger comes, she's going to snatch up her baby, and she's going to make sure that they're okay. But they allow them to explore. They allow them to mature. They allow them to grow. You know, we have to allow our kids to do that. And when they're smaller, we have to let them it's hard. You know, when a baby starts to walk, you don't want them to fall down, but they're going to fall. But when they know that someone's there to pick them up, they can depend on that. 
then they feel that sense of security and that safety. And that's just an example. But um, when an infant stays too far and becomes frightened, they know they can run to um, where they feel that safety and that warmth. They can get that protection and that embrace, and that makes them feel safe again. So even if they wander, they know that they can come back. Um, so the thing that you need to convey to your children, and it's never too late, you say, well, my children are, you know, in, in school now. My children are in elementary school or they're in high school or middle school. It's never too late to start giving age-appropriate safety. And I say age-appropriate because that's key, age-appropriate safety um, and letting them know that they're loved and that they're lovable. And you know what that means? That means that they don't have to ask to be loved. They don't have to do anything to receive love. They're lovable. They are loved unconditionally. And I know that every parent out there that's listening is like, well, of course I love my child unconditionally. Um, that's a little bit harder sometimes when you've got issues that you're dealing with. So loving and loving unconditionally. Anything you want to add to that? No, I was just thinking about uh, we see we see it portrayed in movies and on TV. You'll see like Radar O'Reilly had a teddy bear mm -hmm. that he carried with him everywhere. Um, a lot of times an infant will bond with a teddy bear or doll in yeah. their crib. Blanket. Because they're blankie. Pacifier. Boy, don't leave the blankie. <laughs> or the passy. And that's part of what that is. That mm -hmm. gives them security yes. and comfort. Mm -hmm. And when it's gone, their world isn't right. Right. There's something wrong. I don't have my binky or what my blankie or my teddy. So I'm just saying this so people can get a better idea of what we're talking about. This is uh, This impacts later in life how children react and how children approach relationships uh, how children have separation anxiety mm -hmm. uh, grieve the loss of a attachment figure which is normal mm -hmm. but uh, doing it in a positive growth way yeah is is what we want to do mm-hmm well, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, two through five on raising a child with secure attachment. Again, we ended right here with number one, the child feels safe. We're going to take a short break and come back for the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule, where we're talking about attachment styles and parenting and uh, how to become the best person that you can be so that you can have the best relationships with those that are around you, those intimate relationships that are most important that we gain the most joy from and other people gain the most joy from being in relationship with us. Stay with us. We'll be back after this message for the second half of At Home with Debbie Rule. Are you looking for a better way of life? Have you or someone you know been dealing with hurts, habits, or hang-ups? Are you looking for a place where others understand and admit we all need a better way to live life? Heart of Texas Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program designed to help you deal with past hurts, unhealthy habits, and hang-ups that keep us from successful living. Celebrate Recovery is not just for those dealing with addictions. Celebrate Recovery is much more. Anger, insecurities, codependency, abuse, fear, anxiety, and divorce. Celebrate Recovery helps us all find freedom, support, healing, peace, and new life. 
Heart of Texas Celebrate Recovery meets Thursdays at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Heart of Texas Event Center. We look forward to you joining us Thursdays at 6 o'clock p.m. What is in your future is so much better than what's in your past. The time is now. Come celebrate with us. 95.3 KNE. It's time to spread the happiness. Heritage Flower Shop is a full-service flower shop specializing in all your floral needs. You can just smell the happiness. Give the gift that will generate smiles. Flowers, plants, balloons, snack baskets, and more for any occasion. Heritage Flower Shop is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, with delivery available. Send some happiness or brighten your day by giving yourself a little happiness, too. Are you facing a crisis or has something unexpected happened to you? Maybe your home and relationships have been harmed by divorce? Or do you have marriage, parenting, or blended family issues? Career choices, financial issues, addiction, or just plain old I need to know how to do life better to avoid making so many bad choices? At Home Success Coaching is a great place to start. If you need someone to listen, someone to talk, to process your feelings, insight, or advice on how to have a better life, At Home Success Coaching can help you out of a crisis or just help you stay on the right path and reach the the goal of having the very best home, family, and relationships possible. At Home Success Coaching is a nonprofit organization and there is no charge for our services or programs that are offered. Visit at homesuccesscoaching.com. That's at homesuccesscoaching.com, helping one home at a time. 95.3 Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule for the second half where we are talking about uh, attachment styles. And uh, tonight we're talking about secure attachment. We're going to continue on with the three insecure attachments in the next few weeks and talk a little bit more about that and how we can um, change what uh, how we have been living to uh, have more of a secure uh, life and in our intimate relationships and also how to kind of turn things around as we've parented our children if we still have children at home that we can help and even adult children you know we can talk to them and say you know I wasn't didn't always do everything the best I tried my best but uh, made some mistakes I mean every parent makes mistakes it's never too late to make those right so we're talking about the five Conditions necessary for raising a child with secure attachment. Number one, we talked about a child's safety was number one, right? Safety. Safety. Um, number two is the child feels seen and known. Now, this kind of goes to um, 
is a child a part of a parent's life or are they just existing in a parent's life? And I think in the world of technology, this has become even more uh, of a problem because I think parents, and this is not to cut anybody down or to say anything negative, but it is just, you know, because I could be just as guilty. Um, I think we have more of a relationship with our phones and our computers than we do with the people around us. Well, and we let technology babysit our children. That's true. In today's environment, sometimes it's the parent that's ignored. I'm on my game over here. Well, and a lot of times parents <laughs> parents have them do that to keep them out of their hair. But a parent that cares is going to say, you know, maybe this is uh, out of balance. We right. need to shut off the electronics and spend some time together. Mm-hmm. You know, for my entire life, I've heard psychologists talk about the importance of uh, family dinners. Yes. You know, if that's so the important. only time you spend in family, certainly don't give that up. But try to find more. Mm-hmm. Um, read an article in the Wall Street Journal years ago. This woman uh, was talking about her dad and said, uh, I always enjoyed Saturday mornings because we would jump up and run down uh, to the bakery and we'd get fresh hot croissants. And that's one of my favorite memories as a child. And the dad said, you know, I don't even remember that. I don't even remember that. I certainly didn't make it a priority you don't know how you're imprinting Mm -hmm. on that child but if you have a a thing you do maybe you get up and go get donuts on saturday morning maybe you go to breakfast Mm -hmm. i used to take our youngest to breakfast every saturday Mm -hmm. and you know that was just our way of having time together and bonding Mm -hmm. Uh, and so those things a child sees it from their perspective and you really can't relate. I don't know anybody over 50 that can remember what it was like to be 14. It's yeah. just been too long. And yes. the world was totally different then. So if you're raising children today, uh, have an idea of how they're enjoying the time you all spend together. Mm-hmm. Or have an idea of how much they may be missing spending time with you. Let's uh, take okay. one step back now to infancy again, because sure. that's what we want to oh, talk about. I thought about. you were going from five to uh, eight now. Well, we're going five conditions to okay. raising a secure child. This is from infancy to uh, two years really is about where they say it should cut off. Um, I think it's very important up to four years of a child's life. Um, but a child needs to feel seen and not known. This is attuned parents that can read their baby's cues current, uh, accurately and respond to their needs accurately. Uh, when a infant is given mixed signals, uh, when they don't know if they're going to be picked up or they don't know if they're going to be cared for or they don't know if they cry or if they don't cry, um, and children, babies especially, they are, they, they are conditioned that way. Um, they'll try it, and then if there's no result... Uh, then they'll try something else. That's just our human nature. We all do that. But the result for the baby is feeling um, of control over their lives. They need to know that when they signal, I'm hungry, they're going to get fed. 
They know when that they signal I'm tired, the caregiver is going to rock them to sleep and to nurture them and to uh, make them feel safe and secure. You know, we have all of these psychologists that have studied now and uh, all of the new things that are coming out in the last several years about swaddling a baby. You know, and they'll even do that and in, in, uh, right after the baby's born, they'll swaddle them and put them in these really um, tight uh, blankets and they'll put them on the mother and they'll have skin to skin with the mom and this is all because it's been proven that these um, things are needed in order for that child to have a secure attachment with that parent and so you know they learn then as from the day that they're born on you know if if they cry and they're upset is their caregiver going to soothe them you know, when they're distressed, are they going to have some relief? Are they going to be comforted? And that's number three. You know, if your child is in distress, is the caregiver going to reassure them and soothe them? Um, are they going to calm their emotional state? That's the key right there. We're talking about emotional um, emotions in a relationship, emotional attachment. If they have any stress or anxiety or anything that they're feeling the parent they want to know how is that parent going to going to soothe them how are they going to calm them are they going to calm them and what the parent does at that time is what the baby learns so child See, that is key yes. that is so key folks when when you hear that the way you respond is what the baby is learning mm -hmm. at that young of an age that's imprinting yes and you don't want to make a mistake with that's that right. it's hard to overcome that's right. you want a positive response a positive emotional response and you want to nurture that and mm -hmm. be aware of that and so you know i've lose my patience with our grandsons and you're constantly reminding me positive parenting and i'm glad you do uh because it certainly makes a big difference mm -hmm. to have a positive parenting approach to the situation you're dealing with yes um, helping the child manage their distress and their frustrations will help them develop an internal again we say we're, we're talking about internal model of being soothed and comforted they know that this that they're going to be soothed and comforted they don't have to go seeking it they don't have to smother someone to get it they don't have to be clingy uh, a lot of people grow up to be this way because they didn't get that need met in them when they were younger now let's spot, pause right there for a moment that's kind of a buzzword nowadays well you've internalized it well yes i have what I have experienced is if I do this, you do that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I've internalized that. I've learned not to do this because mm -hmm. you'll do that. Oh, well, I won't always do that. Well, now you're inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've internalized it. That's where we process things. So, I mean, it's a buzzword that people throw around and they don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah. But we do internalize what we experience. And I'm glad that you said consistency because that's that's key here oh, too. Key. A parent needs to be consistent. Over time, the child will develop the ability to manage his or her own distress and to self-soothe. But as a parent, that's our primary sure. goal is mm -hmm. to care for that child until they can care for themselves. Consistency in parenting 
Yes. Consistency in relationships. Well, mm-hmm. I never know how you're going to act. Yeah. I mean, consistency is important. Yes. Uh, number four in uh, raising a secure child, number one was safety, and number two is letting them know that they're seen and that they're known, that you're in tune with their needs, also that you're going to soothe them if they're distressed or feeling anxious in any way, is the child needs to feel valued. Feeling valued begins in infancy, and it's a foundation of a healthy self-esteem development. Um, We always wonder why our kids are not, you know, um, developing properly uh, emotionally. A lot of that has to do with do they have a healthy uh, self-esteem? Has that developed? Parents who raise children with a healthy self-esteem, they repeatedly express their joy with that child. Rather than what the child does, they focus on being on being rather than doing. Such parents exhibit expressed delight to the child and about almost everything the child does. They focus not on the chores, but on the joys of parenting. You know, I learned a long time ago that um, my son, well, probably all of my children, although now today, if you went to his apartment, you would see that his bed is perfect, perfectly made. But, you know, when they're little, they're not going to do uh, their chores exactly as you would have them do it. That bed is not going to look exactly like mom made the bed. But, you know, they're doing the best that they can, age appropriate. If they do it, it's age appropriately done properly, then express that delight. Let them know, you know, everything that that child does, they need to know that you're happy with them, that you love them, that you're joyful with them. It doesn't mean that we don't discipline. It doesn't mean that there are not... Um, things that we have to do to parent them all the way around. But the majority, there needs to be a sense of value. They need to be valued as as people, as, as our children, not things or objects or something that we control and beat down and tell what to do, but, but our child that we value and that we appreciate that we have. Number five is the child feels supported to explore. You know, when a child feels like, you know, when I think about this, I think about somebody that's going, uh, you know, climbing the mountain and they have the rope to them. You know, they don't let go of the rope and the person that has the rope up there, they've got them. They let them climb. They let them go. They let them explore. But by golly, if they tug on that rope or they're in trouble, they're going to be saved. And that rope as a child matures gets a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and they explore a little further and a little further. And But they need to know that mom and dad or their primary caregiver is not far away. They give them, tr- they give them space, but they don't allow them to feel like they're not uh, going to be saved. You know, that there's, there's nothing that they couldn't do out there that they couldn't be brought back in. And a child needs to feel that way. They need to feel supported, and they need to have the room to mature and to to grow. Well, no one wants to feel like they're all alone. It's like that song, All By Myself. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be all by themselves. Certainly children want freedom to go and explore, but it's like that old comedy on TV, Trizzle, Trazzle, Trizzle, Trome. Mm -hmm. Time for this one to come home. (laughs) Mr. Wizard, save me, you know. You get out there and experience life, and then you get in over your head. You need somebody to pull you out. That's right. Um, Being as predictable as possible is just the bottom line. 
that child need, actually that child is going to interpret because you are predictable. Either you're neglecting or you're nurturing uh, one or the other, or you're somewhere in between there. But the child learns how predictable Children you are. Children adapt. They detain. They learn how to cope. That's right. And they just do it because it they have to to survive mm-hmm. and children are survivors so um, we need to be as predictable as possible with that child we need to make sure that they can trust uh, that we're going to be dependable that we're going to be there and that um, they depend on that and any inconsistency in parents is what causes that anxiousness and we're going to get more into that later on but um, inconsistency is something that really, really Ugh, harms a child. Terrible. So that's when we said consistency and trust and being predictable and being, you know, under that child knowing that you're there. You're there no you matter what. If you say you're going to be there, be there. If and you make just, a promise, keep the promise. And you and they just know it. They just know it. Just like a baby knows that if I signal, I'm going to get fed. If I signal, I'm going to get changed. If I signal, I need to be rocked. I need to be soothed. Um so be predictable. Um, some of the things that we look for in a relationship or for a secure <clears throat> relationship is um, in adults is being able to regulate our emotions and our feelings in our relationship. This is something you can look at now. Am I in a secure? Am I secure? Do I have a secure attachment? What is my relationship looking like? This is something you, some things that you can look at right here. Am I able to regulate my emotions and feelings in the relationship? Um, am I strongly goal-oriented in my behavior uh, when I'm on my own? Or do I need someone else to hold my hand and take me along? That doesn't mean that you don't need assistance, you know, or you don't want someone to help you. But, but are you able to obtain goals? Are you able to, to do things on your own? Or are you dependent on someone? Um, are you great at bonding? Can you open up? Are you trusting of others? Um, or are you always skeptical? Are you positive about yourself and negative about others? You know, or are you just positive? Can you communicate your needs effectively? Uh, feelings like um, you have that, um, the things that are impacting you in your world and, and the things that are happening around you. Uh, what are your feelings about that? Are they positive? Are they negative? Are you able to share those things? Are you comfortable with closeness and mutual dependency? Um, are you um, actively seeking emotional support from your partner? Are you always given emotional support to your partner? You know, are you out of balance there? Uh, comfortable being alone and you use the time to explore? Or, you know, you make good use of your time. You have a strong capacity to reflect on how you are being in a relationship. There we go. Self-examination. Yeah. Can you, can you do that? Uh, because a secure person and who they are can look within and say, you know what? I need to change this. This is not working. Um, and just because you are a secure person doesn't mean that you don't have issues. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about how you are able to have intimacy within a relationship. So, you know, three clues to look for in a secure attachment in adults is, number one, your positive view of yourself. How secure was your attachment as a baby? Well, your view of yourself will tell you that. If you simply feel good about yourself, if you feel good about your relationships, if uh, someone walks out the door and you don't feel a tremendous amount of rejection and you fall to the ground and, you know, life is over, but you realize that, yes, this hurts, but I'll be okay. Uh, I won't 
You know, I love uh, what Scarlett says in Gone with the Wind. My favorite saying all my life has been, I won't think about it today. I'll think about that tomorrow. You know, because today I got to fix the problem. Today I've got to get done what needs to get done. And um, sometimes that's a good thing and that's not such a good thing. But a positive view of self and a positive view of others, you know, that is really, really important. I think um, that's key. We can figure out. Also, if you see an area of your life that you think, well, I wonder if I need to work on that. If you have a significant other that you can invite or give permission to speak into your life and point out when you're doing something that you don't want to do or acting in a way that you don't want to act, that can be a big help. Oh, you're doing it again. Oh, I didn't even realize it. Thanks for telling me. Right. Now, that's a, a level of vulnerability that most people just do not want to entertain. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, having that person in your life that you can trust to help you become a better person by speaking objectively into the way you're responding and the way you're conducting yourself, mm-hmm. speaking, talking, acting, uh, decisions you make, that is a partner. That's that's someone that can be very helpful mm-hmm. to you to be the best person you can be. And that's um, that's great. That is great input for relationships, and I think that we need to do that. Um, part of that positive view of others is trusting someone enough to you know, have that kind of relationship with somebody. But I want to take to bring this back again. This is all self-focused. This is are you, what is your view of yourself? What is your view of others? Not what someone's telling you, but what is your view? How do you view yourself? How do you view others? Um, do you have a false sense of security in yourself? Um, are you skeptical of others? Are you negative of others? Are you positive about yourself and you condemn everybody else? You know, that's insecurity. People don't think that, but that's that's the first sign of insecurity right there. But um, are you terribly jealous? Um, uh, are, are you always questioning your loved one's intentions? I mean, out of balance, okay? Uh, we're not talking about things that could be legitimate. We're just talking about things that are out of balance. Um, do you, Are you able to accept displays of affection without fear or confusion? Um, are you okay with being warm and loving and lovable? Is that is that who you are? Are you are you struggle with that? Do you put that wall up? You know, and this again is all self evaluation. I I I love that you said we give someone permission, and that makes a healthy relationship. But this is about self evaluation. Look at yourself. How do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about others? And what was your view of your childhood? You know, someone that has a secure attachment looks back into their childhood and they say, I have a positive view of my childhood. Uh, you know, my parents did the best that they could. Um, I look back on my past experiences of my childhood. They weren't perfect, but I appreciate the good and I understand uh, where things, you know, weren't so perfect. But, you know, we made it. And you can look back with fond memories and things that you've learned. But uh, someone that can't look back on their childhood or can't really remember things or, you know, things are a little distorted, there's probably some things there that you need to uncover. So, uh, you know, your, your uh, graduate work assigned you to watch some films mm-hmm. on uh, psychological aspects. Mm-hmm. And so we watched this one film on a man who was a serial murderer. 
Mm-hmm. And they interviewed him. And they said, what was your childhood like? And he said, oh, I had a great childhood. I had a loving father <laughs> and a loving mother. It was yeah. a great childhood. Mm-hmm. said, you know, when I got out of hand, my dad would beat me with his belt. And my mom would beat and me with a if, wooden spoon. You know, if it was mom, she always beat me with a wooden spoon. But it was a great childhood. Well, because me. well, that's because that's what they the way they were that's conditioned. That's his perspective. That's but his when, perspective. When you're talking about self evaluation and what I was talking about earlier, from for me, it was hard to give myself a self evaluation. Mm-hmm. But I got feedback from you that wasn't positive, and I began to think maybe there's something I need to change. So would you tell me when I'm doing these things? Mm-hmm. So my self evaluation was, boy, I'm greatest thing since sliced bread. And that wasn't true. So if you have difficulty in self-evaluating, you might ask someone to help you with that. Mm -hmm. And if if that's the case, then you're not, you do not have a secure attachment. Okay, these were all things that help you identify whether or not you had a secure attachment as an infant. And if, if you were not able to look at that and say, I don't have a good view of myself. I don't look at other people positively. I can't look back on my childhood with a positive outlook. There are not good things about it. Then the next three that we're going to talk about, those insecure attachments, that's probably where you're going to fall. And you're going to find those out. But the good news is... We're going to learn about those, and you can turn those around, and you can have a secure attachment. Even though that was something lacking uh, in your infancy, it can be fixed. It can be healed. And so that's what I want to leave with people tonight as we close, is that uh, nothing ever has to stay the same. Self-awareness. Self-awareness and uh, hard work uh, can and sometimes therapy, yeah. and sometimes therapy. Well, and I want to. Do you want to be the yes. best person you can be? That's right. All right. Well, thank you so much for inviting us into your home tonight. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you, sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. And I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll be back next week with more of At Home with Debbie Rule as we continue our attachment style series and parenting right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on Canhill 95.3 FM and canhillradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Mm-hmm.